and we are on, as usual, it's your boys, Roshan Gomez and Jeremy Lim. What's up? And today we are joined by uh, a very old, very dear, not very old person, very old <laughs> dear friend. Yes. Uh, guest to the house, a friend to the house. We welcome Miss Putri Laney. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, can we, Sharon, do you mind just tilting Putri's mic up? Nice. Okay, never mind, she's done it. But yeah. Hello. Uh-huh. Is it better? Yeah, it's better. How are you doing? I am good. I'm tired, but mm. I'm good. Why tired? What happened? Work. Being a mother. <laughs> Work. Being a mother. Yeah. But I'm I the MCO has helped. Yes? No? No. Working from home is really, really tiring. Okay. Was it worse? Some people had that experience. Yeah. Because suddenly there was no working hours. Yeah. Everything was game. Yeah. <laughs> was it worse? No, because... Can... Okay, so I have an 11-month-old. So it's... So the, the 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 worst part that can happen with an eleven month old is that he just wants to cling on to you while you type out your agreements and drafts and all, which is fine. Mm. I know some of my friends who have like two three year olds who can talk mm. and who go like stop stop working and they'll pull down the laptop stop working stop oh, stop, yeah. stop stop. So you know when I compare myself to other mothers, I'm actually. I mean that might I'm happen in two okay. months, right? <laughs> that might happen <laughs> to me in two months. Might by that time, maybe <laughs> my, maybe by that time working from home is no more. Really. That, does it ever? <laughs> does it ever make you sad though that you can't like give that attention that he wants? Oh yeah, it's called mom guilt. Oh. Yeah. So, but but what to do? I always have to explain to him. Look, mommy needs to make money. Mm. <laughs> mommy needs to make money to buy your toys. So you just play in front with the maid or with your daddy sometimes because because my husband put. Um, works from home. Shout out. Um, see, I have to be careful because uh, I always get confused between <laughs> Atif, Arif and Alif. <laughs> all our friends. So, shout out Atif. Fantastic guy. Yes. Wonderful chap. Yes. Good father, good husband. Mm. Yeah. So, sometimes I'll just leave it, leave my kid with him. But if he also has to work from home, he also has to work from home. He, has mm. to, he also has to attend meetings. So, then we'll just leave him with the maid. La. Poor Ezra. Well, you could do, uh, we have another friend. It's funny because we have another friend called, uh, who's named Raihan. Yeah. And you and Raihan are best friends. Besties. From, from <laughs> when we all were in high school together. And she has a child who's about... Yeah, they're the same age. They're the same age? Yeah. Uh, so he's slightly older, right? Daniel, Daniel yes, is older. Yes, Daniel is about five months older. Yes. To Ezra, your, your yes. child. Yes. So you could do like a Raihan approach. Because Raihan is a housewife. Yeah. A homemaker. And so, you know, she keeps the house in order. Yes. And she posts all these adorable photos of Daniel. So adorable. Also, you know, like, like help- ironing the clothes. Yes, helping <laughs> the mean, house chores is so cute. <laughs> vacuuming the floor. It's so big. cute. <laughs> One day they replace it with a real vacuum. <laughs> like, it's so cute. He, he tries to put detergent. I mean, I, I mean, of course, Raihan is uh, uh, supervising him. <laughs> she's not like just giving yeah, him you're detergent. you're making it sound like a child. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really, really cute. Really adorable. And of course, he must be learning it. Like, he's looking at his mom. Yeah. Who he looks up to. so adorable. And so, he's like just mimicking. So, maybe you get a little a toy laptop for <laughs> for Israel. <laughs> Put it next to you. That's an idea. <laughs> That's an idea. Let him do some imaginary. He can pretend <laughs> to work for four hours a day. <laughs> Pick up imaginary calls. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's an idea. I will think about that. Thank you for that <laughs> suggestion. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yes, I salute I salute Raihan and I salute like all the stay-at-home moms because I don't know. I know this is really bad, but I actually know a lot of corporate women who feel the same way mm. that work is some is the work is this space where they can finally be themselves. Because mm-hmm. when you're like a mom, especially when you're a mom at home. There's no separation between being a mother and being you. Mm. And I think a lot of 
stay-at-home moms, you know, they feel overwhelmed because, and then they start to forget who they are. Mm. And sometimes, yeah, because of that, I do thank, like, my, I, I'm very thankful because I have a corporate life. I have that life away from Ezra where I can just talk to my colleagues about about this, for example, or about about, about news, about, about life issues. And yeah, I'm, fe- I'm really grateful because I know a lot of stay-at-home moms cannot do that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, because with stay-at-home moms, the, the, the challenge is your, your family becomes your identity. Yes. And so everything you do revolves around... I mean, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And so like for me, like what the first... Easily the first like 13, 14, 15 years of my life, I was with my mom all the time. Mm. Abiding her, doing her own like personal shopping or whatever when she goes out. Mm. But like other than that, like when me, my brother, and my mom were always together. Yeah. And so like I never could even conceptualize my mom having a social life or having, yeah. you know, because she's just always been there. Yeah. It's almost like that's her, that's part of her, you know, but she, her, that's a job. Yeah. She's supposed to always be around. So like her, like wanting other things, wanting to do things for herself was always a little bit of a foreign. Yeah. Or, or maybe it should be like a real it should be very exceptional circumstances. <laughs> Maybe Mother's Day and birthdays is where, <laughs> mom, where mom gets to be mom. Maybe, yeah. No, <laughs> where mean, they get to be themselves be, be again. Themselves. They yeah. get to do what they want. But other than that, no, your mom. Yeah, my mom was a stay-at-home mom as well. I think yours also, right, John? No, my mom worked like part-time, is it? for a long time. No, but then mm. after that, she stayed at home, right? Uh, she did stay at home for a bit. But then she was pretty disciplined when it came to working. Yeah. And we were all at school during... When uh, she worked and all that. Jeremy, you also may, might just want to pull right. that sucker close to you. That's... I don't... <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, but those are the things you just realise like as a mom. So when I when I became a mother, I'm like... I never realised... I, nev- I never realised how like tiring this was. And I never asked... I never stopped to ask, you know, when I was a senior mom, do you want to hang out with your friends? I never did. Like, I, yeah, I, I take that for granted, I guess. You really appreciate and see things from a different perspective when you're a mom. Hmm. Yeah. How many months is uh, Ezra now? 11. Okay, so what has been... Okay, so are you surprised at how much you love him? Or was it like I expected it? Or do you not love him at all? (laughs) 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 I mean, it can be... You know, some... No, but legit, some parents don't like their kids. And that's a jarring experience. Because we are taught that, you know, oh, are you going to feel this fountain of love? And then you have a baby and you're like, no, I don't feel this. Right. And then there's a real discomfort. Right, so I think that's I thought you meant like the postpart, like what is it called, like postpartum yeah. depression. Sure, no, that's one thing, but there's also the other aspect where I you see. you like dislike your child. No, but that's an interesting topic because it was a roller coaster. Like I would say it was not as simple as oh, I got my child, I will love you forever. It was really not as simple as that because yeah, like you rightfully pointed out, it was when I first gave birth, there was a lot of emotions going around. Probably even due to the hormones. Probably even due to the a bit of postpartum depression. I'm pretty sure I had oh. a bit of postpartum postpartum depression after I gave birth. So yeah, when when you first hold your child, oh, that was that was the most incredible feeling in the world. It's just like oh my god, I carried you for nine months <laughs> and like oh you're here, oh you're so cute, lovable. And then the hormones start to kick in, and then you're like crying all the time. Okay. And then you're like, I want a break, I want a break, <laughs> oh, and I want a break. And then, but when you do get a break, so there was this one time when my mother-in-law offered to take care of him, and then Atif brought me to like a wedding in Kuantan, and I was just like crying the whole ride. And I was like, I need to go back home. I miss my child. Uh. It was it was crazy. I was irrational. Mm. I was crazy. You know, it was really crazy. And Atif, Atif was so, you know, he was. Atif being Atif. Yeah. Uh, he's so, he was so like understanding. He just get quiet the whole way. Because I, I, I said like, really crazy things. I, I said like, 
you know, I don't want to go on a date anymore. I just want to be with, with Ezra. I don't want to do anything else. This is wrong. This feels wrong. I shouldn't be away from him. And then when I, when I finally went back to Ezra and I held him and, I, and the hormones start to like calm down and I go like, oh my God, why did I say all those things? Yeah, it was really, really crazy emotion. There are times, so I guess the, question, the answer to that is, there are times when I really, really love him, but to the point where it seems a bit insane. Okay. <laughs> and there are times when I feel like I need space from him and then I go to work. <laughs> and, and, and it's true. Like one of the things that I, one of the things that I felt cured my, cured my um, postpartum depression was going to work. You got well, to do that three months after, right? Yeah, I got to do that three months after. And when I went to work and, you know, there was this nine to five thing where I was away from Ezra and I could slowly remember what it was like. Yeah, I think it was because of that. I forgot what it was like to have a life. Mm. And when I finally got that back, it was so relieving. It was just like, yeah, you know, I'm more than Ezra's mom. I'm also a, well, a maybe, lawyer. Maybe not just more, but there's definitely... You're not just a mom. Yeah, I'm not just a mom. Yeah, I'm a friend. I'm a best friend. I'm a bridesmaid for this wedding. I'm a lawyer for my office, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're this cool, empowered, uh, modern woman. Yeah, (laughs) I was. And then the hormones had to calm down. So yeah, Yeah. that's cool. So, (laughs) okay, the thing, were you surprised at how much you you could love somebody? Yes, yes. Um, I'm... Hmm, the things I do these days. So I barely sleep. I, I I've learned to survive with three hours of sleep every night, mm. which is crazy. That doesn't sound healthy. It doesn't sound healthy. No, but, but this, but this sounds like everybody's experience, though. Yeah, and it, and I think that's fine. And I think like one of the craziest experiences you can have as a mother is when your child is sick, mm. and that's when, that's when when you feel the most helpless, lah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the reason why we wanted you to come on yeah. because. The funny thing is, all our friends are starting to get pregnant and having kids. We're kind of sharing these experiences with yeah. you. Especially because of sh- social media, we're connected to you. Yeah. And so, um, it's not just you. It's even... Actually, Nafisa posted a lease. I haven't seen her baby at she, all. She's, she's handling the privacy of the kid well, though. I see. Like, protecting privacy. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Unlike that's yourself. Fair. Is it? Unlike myself. <laughs> I have a whole Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... But uh, that's fair, lah. You know, you, you definitely... Sometimes I do have friends who I feel overshare. Do you think I overshare? No, not you. Oh, okay. Not you. No, I, I show you the distinction. I have some friends, some friends who they are, maybe their kids are a little bit older. Mm. And so they always like, for example, when the kid is upset, angry, cries, mm. they take a story. Ayo, no lah. And sometimes like when they are eating and they do good things, take a story. And what happens is the child kind of, I feel like the camera becomes such an important thing. The phone becomes such an important thing for the child. So like when the phone comes on, the child knows she's being recorded. Are she you knows referring to Kim Kardashian? No, she I'm talking that. about Malaysian. I'm talking <laughs> oh, about Malaysian, Malaysian friends. Ah. Yeah. Oh. And the kids kind of like know how to pose, how to be cute on camera from a very young age. And I feel that's not very healthy. That could be training your child to have very like strange and dangerous habits though. Yeah, that's... Because a, the reward... The reward kind of mechanisms yeah. will be way really screwed up. Yeah, this is a psych a Freudian nightmare. <laughs> you know, you reward and you punish with social media. Yeah. That's scary. But is that why the moms post those videos though? To punish the kids? Uh, I, I know. Don't I, okay, so. well to be fair, I actually know moms who post videos of their kids crying to to tell everybody that look, this is this is also motherhood. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's an awareness thing. It's not funny. Like, yeah, I, yeah actually, you know what? Speaking of that, yeah, I actually know a lot of friends who post their kids when they're crying. Yeah. It can go like mm. a five minute cry, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah but I think there are boundaries, la, you know, there are boundaries. I think your boundaries are quite uh, quite fair. Because your kid hasn't started reasonable. talking back to you yet. La. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> because, what did you say? Say to the camera now. <laughs> As soon as they can, it'll be over. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. If the topic is like, oh, should we use social media as a punishment? Because yeah, okay, that's bad. Lah. I mean, there was that. That's bad. Uh, what's that guy who beat his? Uh, his oh, that's kids? bad. What's his name again? Alif something. Yeah. I yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, so, I, I better we, Google. We both that. grabbed our phones at the same time. But do you know about this? No, I don't. Okay. So this guy is quite a famous. Uh, he's quite actor. Mm, he's not an actor. He's on social media. He's a businessman. Okay. I think he sells. Uh, uh, like makeup products, makeup products, products yeah, things like that. that. Okay, but he's quite well known. He's on social media. He, um, I think sometime last year, if I'm not mistaken, he kind of went viral because he was basically beating his um, uh, children on Instagram. Uh, he took a video and posted it up. Oh my god! And he was like trying to show, like you know, this is discipline, right? But he beat like, like you know, he really walled up the kid, lah. Yeah. Okay. It was bad. I mean, of course not. Like he's like throwing these are, and some of the kids are like. Small. Young and girl, daughter. Okay. So, I mean, he's not like... Alif Shukri, so we were Alif right. Shukri, right? Yes. He has two daughters or is it one daughter, one son? I don't know how many kids he has, but like according to his website, he uh, the daughter was nine years old. Yeah. The daughter that was being bitten. That was yeah, so he's old. not like throwing them on the wall or anything that. Like, it's, it's corporal punishment. But, you know, it's just... Why are you posting it up? And... Yeah, and like I think his justification was that anak saya kena jaga baik-baik. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, so the latest one was really bad. Like he was calling them. Then he, you know, you know when kids cry when they know they're going to be beaten, right? And the mm. way they were crying, it's, you know, it wasn't pleasant. Uh, the social media aspect is really, to my mind, irresponsible because people, they are, these children's peers one day will be able to see it. Yeah. These kids are, will be able yeah. to see it one day again. And that's not cool, man. Like, all of us do stupid things when we are young and yeah. we get... Yeah. Some corporal punishment, you feel it's necessary, done properly, fair enough. Some people don't believe it's a proper uh, discipline. Yeah, that's that's like, to each their own, Yeah, right? but we... But to it, publish that. And to think that I, you know, I if I would have access to videos of me getting beaten <laughs> when I was like six... That's a nightmare. Yeah, it is a and all of you could see it as well. It's so sad. Mm. It is, no, but I, I'm pretty sure, I, I think there are NGOs that are taking action against him. Yeah. A lot yeah. of NGOs wow. were like, upset. Even yeah. the first time already, they were upset. Yeah, which is which is good. Like, I think that should be set straight. Okay. W- corporal punishment has always been an Asian thing, right? And like, like let's not get to that because they, to each their own, right? Mm. I respect every parent's way of disciplining their kids. But, uh, okay. yeah. Again, I personally don't agree with it. Mm. I vow to not hit my son, but that's my own thing, and I don't judge other people who do. Mm-hmm. But like to publish it online and to tell people like this is how I discipline them, I think that's public embarrassment for the kid. I think I do wonder like how much of it is that people are so used to sharing their lives yeah. that they don't even think of it as necessarily a privacy concern. Mm. Like, this is like just. I document my life anyway. So why should this kid like necessarily change the because boundaries it, of that, right? Yeah, so that, that's why I'm like, pri- I think privacy is a big issue in Malaysia. Yeah. Like, they just don't respect that. That's why, <laughs> I, like, I understand that that could be an issue with Ezra as well. That's why I privatize Ezra's account. <laughs> <laughs> I privatize. You protect him. Wait, yeah. you have an account for him. Why I, don't we follow him? 
Why don't you follow him? I'm surprised you guys aren't following him. I well, I, I'm not surprised Jeremy isn't following him because Jeremy just just had it. Mean, let me Instagram go on account. this. It's private. Yeah. I cannot believe you're, you don't follow him. Is this in his... Do you type stuff in his name? Like, is, no. The, from the, his per, Is it from his perspective or yours? Both. That one I feel is a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. The kid to hold today, today mommy, help me. Do this. <laughs> soon it'll be the chores though. <laughs> Very soon it'll be the chores. What, what's his Insta? Oh, no, no. Don't say his Insta. People start yeah, I'll just show you and yeah, then yeah. like you can... Yeah, this is it. So there's like... It's like, oh, from the day he was born. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, but it's private and only like my really, really close friends. Jeremy, did your parents beat you growing up? Uh, there was definitely caning because I think most Chinese households had canes mm. in the house. Mm. I mean, we try and hide the canes, but that wouldn't be very successful. They could just buy more. It's, it's definitely a normal thing. I actually know people who still beat their kids up. Like, I mean, because it's normalized in like Chinese schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese but, schools, like you can get... like. I was a kid who didn't do homework. So I was prepared to get caned like <laughs> five to ten times a day. Because like, like, doing homework is so much harder. I'd rather get caned. Yeah, but, oh yeah, but, I, but it's a personal... I've never heard this mentality before. <laughs> when you be caned ten times, you'd be like, what's the big deal? <laughs> I also was, I was caned in school as well. Yeah. At hmm. home, were you... At home, no, I wasn't cane. I've been slapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Asian thing. Like, it's Yo, normal. I've la. been slapped by my school teachers before. You're my school teachers, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Primary I mean, school, I remember. No, but slept. but what was what was it for? I was, I think, I, I, I mean, I might be remembering this wrong, remembering this wrong, but basically, I was just noisy during Purimpunan. Then um. one teacher just came pop one time. <laughs> but it, I liked did it. Did it work? It was a nice teacher. But did it work? Did you? Keep well, I did keep quiet after that. After that. <laughs> yeah, so that's why, like, a lot of parents say they say that it works, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I respect that. Like, it works. I mean, it's your way to raise your kid. You like, could probably read psychological journals. Of I'm like, pretty sure too, but I don't judge. Yeah. I I vowed to myself that after I become after I became mother, I vowed that I would never judge how other parents. In in terms of kids. my own personal experience, I do appreciate. Uh, you know, my parents are not abusive, far from it. But there were times where you know when you things were really bad, la. when they thought it was really necessary, mm. they laid down the law. Like it was either caning what did you do? or even. Oh my god. Roshan, what did you do? Sure, it was like things like breaking things or like... No. Right no. no, no. It, wouldn't been really, it wouldn't be something like... It wouldn't be something really bad. I can't, did you I, skip I think, school? No, man. I was a really well-behaved child. Because <laughs> then the, why did you get... Maybe because of the corporate punishment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was... I think the thing that really would trigger my parents if it was uh, something... <laughs> we got a phone. <laughs> 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 I don't mind. It's, uh, it's okay. It's, it's probably the government calling us to <laughs> regulate. What we haven't even got to the salacious parts yet. <laughs> um, it would be something probably like being really disrespectful. Okay. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Like if I would like talk back to my mom in a... Yeah, Jeremy, can you just go to the phone? Jeremy, just, can you answer the phone? <laughs> just... It's the... It's the... Hang up. Yeah, you can just hang. Well, it is called Rumah Roy. Somebody has to call Rumah Roy. <laughs> this won't be the last disturbance. If it's probably your uncle. The conspiracies out there who say there was no such Rumah. <laughs> the Rumah was a... a, a <laughs> it is an actual house, of right? our imagination. It is a real house. You're right? really assuming too much of yeah. our fans. Stop messaging us. Is the house real? <laughs> How did they get this number? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. My, my parents would be me. Like, I was really, really like disrespectful mm. to them mm. or to my brother. Yeah, no. I was slapped because of that also because I was disrespectful. Yeah. Which was, I feel like at my age, I was deserving. I was a really... 
That's a hard kid to handle. Yeah, I wasn't a hard kid to handle. But you still got slapped, huh? <laughs> still got slapped. But my parents <laughs> laid down the law pretty hard. My And I appreciate them for it. Like, even my mom, she had this weird... Because we were not, like, rich, you know. We, yeah. we struggled. Yeah. So my mom had this thing where if we, me or my brother asked for something, yeah. she purposely wouldn't give it to us. She yeah. would only give us something if we kind of like didn't ask for it. Mm. So that was her. So like my brother was, oh, the shoe's so nice. I want the shoes. Nope. No, but I really want the shoes. Then he starts crying. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. You cry? Nope, definitely not. And then we just walk up. Yeah. So Dang. I appreciate, I appreciate, Dang. yeah, I appreciate that upbringing. Chinese upbringing, okay. Maybe mine was a bit special. Like, I got to save for it, so I felt like everything I bought, I earned. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Chinese thing. What do you, what, like, you had to like, do chores and then earn the it's money? No, like, you eat less so that you can buy that toy. <laughs> you eat less because you can buy it. Jeremy, first... that sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I got things I wanted. <laughs> is this a common, let's ask our common Chinese friends. Jane, is this a common experience for you? Um, I think I need a good, good thing. Uh. Oh. oh, that's cool. That's the doorbell. Wow, we this have... is an actual house, guys. <laughs> it is. Wait, Wait, it is. the uncle who called. A lot of things going on oh, today's maybe session. Have delivery. Do you have a delivery? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I think we are going to do an uh, intermission. <laughs> we're going to do intermission. <laughs> the first intermission. The first time we're going to do intermission. Uh, uh, we're going to cue music here. Okay, we'll just take a pause. <laughs> Um, okay, so <laughs> we are back from our intermission. It was a delivery. It was a delivery. Yet another proof that the house exists <laughs> for all the conspiracies out there. We were talking about, uh, co- we somehow came to corporal punishment. And we were talking, uh, Putri did, you know, shared about herself. Uh, she has experienced it. Yeah, but I only in the context of like, you know. School. Yeah, I was being disciplined. La. I mean, you know, at I home as well. I was never abused. Yeah. At home as well, but only if like really disrespectful. Yeah. Jeremy is more like, uh, he, oh, your, your discipline was... You. I mean, there, there was the same level of discipline. Uh-huh. But I think we got to the topic of like, you were incentivized. Yeah, how 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 like your parents teach you things. Oh, uh, yeah. You were, I was sharing about my mom and how she like wouldn't give us things to kind of teach us to, to value things. Value things better. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I was taught to value them by earning it myself. <laughs> and my siblings just never bought it. Like they were like, no need, we don't have we don't need to have nice things. We can wait for Jeremy to buy them and give it to us. <laughs> no, but I think yeah, I think all our group of friends were like that. We were we were never poor, mm. but we were never like T20 rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we're now T20 there rich. There was a healthy level of challenge uh, or yeah. hurdles or obstacles. In our yeah, life. as we grew up, right? Yeah. Like, and I think my dad also always taught me that like, it's not the point of whether we can afford it or not. It's the it's the point of whether we even need it or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So coming back to that main uh, Alif, uh, Alif Shukri. Right? Alif Shukri. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, you He's know, a put, He's a okay. dato. Okay. Wow. Putting stuff like that on social media, that, seems to be too far. But with Putri, for example, she shares about her experiences as a, uh, yeah. a, a, a woman, as a mother. And by extension, that that will intersect with uh, Ezra's uh, life as well. And so she shares stuff about mm. uh, Ezra. So you're talking about, for example, him becoming sick and how, you know, those things really like affected you as a mom. 
as an individual, yeah. yeah. And so like me and Jeremy, like we are seeing stuff from you. We are seeing, seeing stuff from Raihan. Raihan's kid also is super funny. Super cute. Super cute, super funny. And so we're kind of like growing up and then like we are learning all these things. Then for the first time, we have to do like uh, baby showers. <laughs> and then we are like buying yeah. stuff for the baby showers and we're like, what's a... Uh, we're learning all this like... Like Jeremy's favourite product is the nipple cream. <laughs> yeah. The and, nipple and cream. And Roshan likes booties. Yeah, booties. <laughs> booties. Oh, okay, right. I was like, what? Somebody they, had to explain that. They had that list and I was like, what the heck are booties? So yeah, like, we played Pictionary. It was so funny because we played Pictionary oh, for boy. like Raihan's baby shower. Yeah. And then it was so surprising because like people like Roshan and Jeremy didn't know a lot of things. So Roshan <laughs> didn't know what booty was. I didn't know the distinction between a cot and a crib. Yes, and, and, like, Ro- and like, Jeremy had Pictionary, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy yeah, yeah. had to draw a crib and I don't know what I draw heck. something else. You <laughs> com- a completely different thing and nobody could guess what it was and it was a crib. Yeah. Then I was like, I remember that on the list there was something, what? Bandut? Uh, barot lah. Barot, barot, barot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck is a barot? <laughs> God. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. To be to be fair, yeah. for all our for all the all the first time mothers, that was the first time like we all learned about it. We had to. It was all new for us because these things weren't taught in schools. Yeah. Yeah, and and it depends on how traditional your mom is. So my mom wasn't really traditional, so I never knew like what a barut was. What I never knew what a barut was, or like I never knew like what you had to like all this jamu thing that you had to do for confinement and stuff. My mom never had a confinement lady. Like Sounds the, delicious. No. <laughs> no. It's this thing, when, it's this thing you eat after you give birth for like health and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I never knew I had to hire a confinement lady because my mother was not... So people who hire confinement ladies are quite like... Tra- uh, people who appreciate traditional... The traditional mm. like ways to remedy yourself, mm-hmm. right? So like my mother was never into that. So when, when my mother-in-law told me, oh, you have to hire a confinement lady. And I was like, what the heck is that? And, mm. and like, it's a whole new world because it's like, there are rates, there are like the types of treatments, um, there are different types of medicine that you want, the type of spa like, thing you want. I don't know. They were all new to me. So, yeah. How I think Chinese people have more elaborate like setups for yes, that. Like, they're yes. confinement centers. Yes, confinement yeah. centers. Yeah, and they can be really expensive. expensive yeah. yeah. Like that as well. Yeah. So even mine was just like, so I had C-section. Mm. That's where you like cut mm. the tummy and you have to take out the baby. I had you, you emergency did, C-section. You know why is it called a C-section? Caesarean section? Because apparently Caesar uh, was delivered in that form. Can somebody verify this? I don't know if that's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's true. Are you sure? This, this, Are you this sure? sounds a lot like something Samuel said. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Let me just Google it. Google it. Google it. Okay. It's That's okay. what I remember reading. It's okay. We can wait for the correction in the podcast. I think I was, the comment I, section I think if it's I was, wrong. I was reading one day why Caesar was great and one of it was like even the C-section is named after <laughs> Don't. This had better be a true story, not I, a BuzzFeed I better, article. I, I think you better Google that. Okay, wait, wait. No uh, one's going to sue us for defamation. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I had an emergency C-section and I knew I needed help. So it was. I was so grateful I got a confinement lady. And she helped me for a month. Jab, jab. So how do you like learn all these things? Like what's the starting point? And isn't it crazy point? that now I think you have social media. You have in the internet. Yeah. Of all things to kind of like educate. Yeah. What to do but how did people baby, do it before yeah. this? I don't know. I really don't know. Like that's why I salute mothers back then who not only had one kid. I have one kid and I'm going crazy, okay? I My grandmother had seven. My great-grandmother had 10 or 12. Not really sure. 10 or 12. 
how do you even do it? I can't. I, I wanted to die with only one. And no, I and I legit I almost died. Because if Ezra because I tried to push. So my 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 birth story is You that had a horrible I had a horrible, horrible. birth story. You no, not only a birth story. <laughs> yeah, my you pregnancy had, story. You had a horrible bad. pregnancy, I have to say, because we were journeying with you through through Instagram, Facebook, and of course because we are friends. Yes. And just hearing you talk about it. You had a tough time. I had such a tough time. And, I, and that was only one kid. That was only one. I'm not meant to have a lot the of The second one's supposed to be easier, right? <laughs> Before we oh go into gosh. that, can I just say that I'm reading a, a website article now and it says, yeah, um, even the origin of cesarean has apparently been distorted over time. It is commonly believed to be derived from the surgical birth of Julius Caesar. However, this seems unlikely. Since <laughs> 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 I'll just leave it there. But it is a common belief. It is a common belief that is named after Julius Caesar. I'm not sure if that's vindication for you, Lavar. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Roshan. You're in the common misbelief. Roshan Gomez, always citing uh, false information <laughs> correctly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So you had a really tough pregnancy, like yeah. yeah. Um, I, it was not fun. Your pelvic floor uh, oh was my destroyed. God, <laughs> it was not destroyed. <laughs> if it was destroyed, I wouldn't be able to hold my pee. Roshan. Oh no, it was weakened. You couldn't even walk, right? I couldn't. Okay, so uh, where do I even start? <laughs> so like day I, of conception. Uh, <laughs> All the way. Day of conception. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, let's not. For Atif's sake, let's not. Um, Putri will talk about these things. But I think for the sake of Atif, let's not. Okay, okay, okay let's forward. start with like after. <laughs> let's start, talk about day after. Uh, day after, <laughs> la, okay. So, you know how some people vomit and yeah. have like morning sickness? I never had that. And I'm really thankful because it looked really gnarly and scary. But I had yeah. um, uh, scoliosis. Mm. So, which is which is like when your spine isn't straight, yeah. and so I think mine is to the mine is bent to the left, or like yeah, to the left by about nine degrees, twelve degrees around there. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, so um, um, that so anybody who has scoliosis would know that you shouldn't gain weight. Gaining weight is your enemy because because when you gain weight or when you become obese. Um, your your spine just can't handle it, and that's when your muscles become weak. So I obviously can't avoid that when I mean when I'm pregnant because the baby grows. So it was when I consulted my doc, my specialist and all about this. They said you just have to endure. Like then, and it's true. Like really, what can they do except for maybe physiotherapy? And even then, you can't even go for the full on physiotherapy. You can because the full on physiotherapy will affect the baby. Right, so you only you can only go for like hot and cold ther- the hot compress and the cold compress thing, which is basically useless, like basically. <laughs> and you can't even exercise. So one of the things that you try that you can try to mitigate the, the pain that you can mitigate from scoliosis is by exercising, right? But you can't do that when you're pregnant. Can you imagine me doing lunges or me doing like sit ups? Lunges or, would be impossible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I cannot even. That doesn't sound. I cannot even yeah. run. I cannot even run. Run no way, lah. Yeah, lunges I cannot is even static, do like though. planks. These are all like the common exercises. Yeah, exactly. These are like the common exercises. But you lunges do. in particular. Seems really bad for a pregnant yeah. woman. Yeah, and like, yeah. So I just had to. Or like jumping endure. jacks. That's another. <laughs> That's not happening. No, <laughs> no way. But yeah, I, that nine, that was just nine months of just enduring pain. So it was really bad because uh, I still had to go sleep, to work. Uh, right? Sleep was like I think maybe like throughout the like the last trimester was quite bad mm. because I couldn't turn. So mm. because of this, because of the weight that was that was like 
um, um, putting a lot of pain on my muscles and the, your lower back in particular. Yeah, my lower back. I couldn't. There were there were times in the night where I had to wake Atev up to ask him to turn me. Wow. I couldn't turn not only because of the weight of the baby, but also because of how do I say it? Uh? My muscles were kind of frozen. There's a proper word for it. But I can't remember. It starts with an at, S. Sciatica. At, 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 no, at it's sciatica. Oh. So I had sciatica where, like, in the middle of the night, it's just like my my whole leg would freeze. Oh. Yeah, wow. and like um, because of the, because of damaged nerves or something like that. I'm I might be medically wrong, so you might just check. But mm. but the experience is real. You can't move, so you have to. So the only way I could move is wake was wake Atev up, and like he had to move me. Damn. And that was that happened like throughout the last trimester. It was bad. And on top of that, you had other pregnancy symptoms. You had like, um, I had vertigo. <laughs> that was so crazy. <laughs> I had low... Okay, wait, maybe for benefit of everyone, what is vertigo? It's when the world spins. <laughs> yeah, literally you're standing and the world yeah, is Yeah, the world is spinning and like, you don't even know why. <laughs> you yeah. can't even walk. Because you don't even know which... You, you, you lose all direction. You, just, you don't even know which one is straight and which is norm and what. It's crazy. And driving would be a non-starter. Yeah, and it, it, I was so thankful that it happened to me like at night after I finished work. Oh, Can you imagine if I, it happened in the office. It was so crazy. Did it happen a lot though? No, it happened like a few times. I took vertigo medicine and it was fine. Mm. Oh, I don't know. What else did I have? I had like... I had like this low blood sugar thing where I had to... There were times when suddenly my blood sugar would go down and i mm. go like, I need chocolate, I need chocolate, I need something sugary. I, I really need... It was really an emergency kind of situation. Then Atif would be like, find chocolate, 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 chocolate. Mm. And then I had like this weird wisdom toothache one night <laughs> at 3am. I couldn't sleep and I was like screaming and Atif had to buy me Panadol or some, some form of pain. shout out to Unsung Hero here. Yeah. Atif! <laughs> <laughs> don't get me frightened again. That's what happens. <laughs> I think you have a say in that, so, you know. <laughs> it's really bad. Don't make it sound like Atif was the <laughs> one. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a scary pregnancy. And it was a scarier birth story. What, what was the birth story? Uh, so, I wanted to be like a hero and go like, you know, I want to be just like my mom. I want to be like my grandmother. You know, natural birth. You know, the word natural, right? It's supposed to come naturally, but it didn't come naturally to me, okay? I pushed for 40 minutes. Yeah. Is that normal? I know people who push for one hour. But apparently, like, the normal part is... The normal timing would be, like, 20 minutes. Usually, by 20 okay. minutes, the baby will be out. So, mine was already, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. And apparently, like, everything was swollen down there already. And the doctor dah cakap dah macam, you know, Putri, you, I think you better go for emergency. She's like, I, she said, I can try to, like, use forceps and tear... Oh, whatever there I know I know and I was like yeah yeah just he was just like anything to get and and I just wanted it I just wanted him to go up fast because he was already having low oxygen in there mm. so apparently when I, so I have like a small pelvic area so whenever <laughs> I pushed yeah yeah because I'm, I'm small I'm yeah small. yeah I'm no it's just funny that you're like <laughs> showing the emotions <laughs> okay yeah yeah but yeah so like whenever I pushed apparently the doctor check out whenever I pushed the baby's head kept hitting my pelvis bone. Mm. Yeah, so it, yeah, it, it, he was just in the wrong direction and like I was just too small. Boom, cut me up. It was so scary. I hated it. I hated emergency C-sec. Don't ever go for emergency C-sec, guys. Because once, once you do a C-sec, after that, any subsequent, uh, like if you have a second child or third child, it's all C-sec. You can never do... Hey, no, no, no. That's a, that's a common misconception. <laughs> I'm just throwing out <laughs> common misconceptions. That's a common misconception. Like fire today. <laughs> No. At least you did your homework. I would not be able to guess at all. No. At least I'm at a level where I know the misconception. No. Okay, so you can? 
You can. You can uh. have natural birth. But like uh, in my case, in my case, I cannot because the doctor already told me that you're really too small. Mm. Any baby that's above three kilograms, mm-hmm. any baby that's above three kilograms um, won't be able to go down there. Is there a way to make sure your baby isn't above three kilograms? So you know how Yeah, make sure he's malnourished, Jam. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but they're, they're telling you this. I'm like, how are you supposed to do anything about it? No, what the heck? No, you cannot control it. <laughs> malnourished, your child. Um, no, you know, I was like listening to this segment on the radio. And it was pretty cool. They were talking about, again, they, oh, now I know why I know this thing. Uh, they were talking about um, girl, uh, ladies having a weak... Uh, pelvic, pelvic muscles yes especially post uh, delivery yes and they were talking about so actually before Putri got pregnant I didn't knew about this problem so what the doctor was saying was that because um, the female body is kind of evolved in a particular way uh, there's there's no way it can really evolve further than this this is it like, that's the box that, that, hmm, that, that okay. is there but the problem is our babies are becoming bigger and bigger yes mm. that's true it is true. Because yes. of the, the amount of nutrients that we have. So these babies are huge, but the box can't grow any bigger. Yes, that's very true. That's why there's an increase in C-sections yeah. mm. for the so past if you, 10 if, years. If you're wondering like, how come, how did they do it with our C-sections in the past? That's because the number of C-sections in that what uh, the the pregnancies that needed a C-section yeah. was lesser. Yeah. Um, did he say that was a positive thing? I mean, well, you can see it both ways, right? Because um, one of the reasons why our babies now are like above three kilograms when they're when they're just born is because we take these um, prenatal pills mm. that has all these nutrients. Back then, manila orang makan benda tu, right? Yeah, right. yeah, my mom, my mom was just like, we just eat whatever you want. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, so I was born like two point five kilograms, you know. How many pounds is that? You had a times two point two. You, oh, you were. I was only 2.5. Ezra is... Du- that's really... That's 5.5 pounds. That's really small, isn't it? Actually, it was quite normal back then. Oh. So, why don't you check your birth certificate? How much did you weigh? Oh, I know how much I weigh. How much did you weigh? Both me and my brother were like 8, 9 pounds. Yeah. You have to reverse. Oh, that's we hard. Were. Oh, she's we just heavier than Ezra. Yeah, my mom's C-section. <laughs> oh, okay, my okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but Ezra was like 3 point. My mom... That's my mom's like... Every time like when we were younger... She like point at her. Oh, scars. The scars. Like, this is what you put me through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, that's what you put her through, man. <laughs> it is so horrible. Okay, it's so painful. Yeah. Please, please tell her thank you after this. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. But would I go through that pain again? I don't know <laughs> at this point. But like, no. If I, I do want more kids. So. Okay. Yeah. So my... My next one is a planned CSEC. I'm not going to go through an emergency CSEC. It was horrible because Atif couldn't follow me in. It was like a Prince Scott policy. Oh. Where, where the, because I think, I mean, it makes sense. I was like, I was so emotional already and I was in pain. I was screaming already when they were bringing me to the emergency room. Did you do like, you did this to me? <laughs> Shout that no, but I, I yelled at Atif. I definitely yelled at Atif. I hate you so much. <laughs> no, I did not do that. But I did score him. Like on the way. Because, um, okay, so I was on epidural when I was already opened by 2cm, 3cm, right? Mm. So I couldn't really feel the pain of the 5cm, 6cm, which people say was really bad. But when the doctor told me I had to go for emergency Okay, when you talk about 4 5 you're talking about dilation. Nah. Dilation. See how... <laughs> That's very I'm surprised good. at how much I know. You were very good. You <laughs> very did your nice. reading. Yes. This yeah. will come in handy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, when he gets married. Oh, man. 
that's not coming to anytime <laughs> soon, lah. Let's just say. But uh, yes, so then um at the so when when the doctor told me I had to go for emergency CSAC, they had mm-hmm. to take out my epidural for a while because mm-hmm. because you had to go to the OT, right? So yeah. you had to take out the thing, and that was when I felt the 10 cm dilation pain. Uh-huh. It was my goodness, I can still remember the pain. It's Damn. been it's been 11 months. And any I can still remember the pain. is there any comparison to the pain? It's like a really really bad. I can't even say period cram. You don't even know what period yeah. cram. It feels like you know. If evolu- in terms of evolutionary uh, biology, mm. some people posit that the reason why girls have cramps from uh, like when they start menstruating is to prepare them for pregnancy contractions. Damn. Really because the pain is similar, right? Like you said, it's similar, but it's like ten to twelve times worse. Yeah, so it's supposed to slowly, gradually. Get you accustomed to the pain. Oh my goodness! That's the because something goes like, why do I need to? But go to I the never body? had like that. But I never had period cramps really until yeah. like at that time. I go, oh my god, it's mm. really bad. The contractions mm. were so bad. Okay, if I were to give a male equivalent, <laughs> it's like you have diarrhea. Wait, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, it's like that, the stomach pain when you have oh, diarrhea. Like a stomach ache la. The stomach ache when you want to go because okay. you have diarrhea. Yeah. But wouldn't you times have that times? by ten? Wouldn't it be more like a hundred? I don't know. Like what, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, times it by how many? Okay. That's the closest equivalent pain I can give for males. Okay. I mean, the yeah. debate is always whether it's like getting uh, kicked in the balls. but I, <laughs> That I is know. not fair. I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. I don't know how people can have this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, not have no, <laughs> How do you guys know there's nothing more painful? How do you know? <laughs> and then guys say, nothing more painful. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's really interesting, though. Yeah. So, okay. but I'm I'm surprised that you're still con. I mean, you're open to having more. Just one more. That's it. And just one more. And then I'm gonna close shop. <laughs> just, just, more. just for Ezra to have. <laughs> just a, for okay. Ezra to have a friend, yeah. and also I, I I've always wanted two kids. Mm. Yeah. So, that that's it. Done. No, I'm never going through that period again. <laughs> I don't know how people go through. No, I can't. I cannot imagine like people back then who also had scoliosis, mm. who also had like a small body frame. Mm. Right and who might have been the my scene situation right when they were pushing the baby couldn't come out because the baby was baby's head was uh, kept hitting the pelvic floor they would have died yeah. and my mother kept telling me that throughout like <laughs> the first few days after I gave birth I was like you could have died oh Lenny, you could have died like, yeah thanks mom thanks <laughs> Lenny, if you were not born in this era you would have died and I'm like yeah okay mom thank you <laughs> great thing to remind your kid of yeah great thing great thing <laughs> so even post after you having uh, Israel we're still following you now going through these early stages of your motherhood. Yeah. And then you're doing, you do all these really funny and informative uh, Insta stories, which I really like. And that's kind of the reason why I wanted to have you on. Because I've learned so much through those Insta stories. Yay! I'm so happy that somebody reads them. I think they're really funny. (laughs) She does these really like kind of comic shots and then there's this imaginary lady named Susan, girl named Susan, Uh who, 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 who kind of like is really blur and then you have to like kind of in a way educate. Susan is actually me. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> I figured. She's like the inner voice in my head. Like yeah. Lizzie McGuire. You know in Lizzie McGuire, they had this yeah. comic in her head. Yeah, that's Susan. People might knock her. Like, it's, it's such an English name. <laughs> Susan. Yeah. I named her after like the Desperate Housewife character. Susan. Okay. Oh, maybe Susan is short for Susanna Binti. Uh, Who's Susanna Binti? Who's that? <laughs> Roshi just came out. Melayu lah, Melayu. Oh gosh. You know like how uh, like you have traditional names and people shorten it? Oh, yes, okay, right. and they shorten it to like an English name. Mm. Yeah, like you know, uh, 
Sami Mutu Karpia becomes Sam. <laughs> you know, like okay. maybe Susanna Binti becomes Susan. Why not? Mm. Why not? Why not? Why do you why? have this inbuilt prejudices, yeah, Jeremy? Why do you, now why she's going to adopt it after you gave her that. <laughs> Susanna. <laughs> Susanna. There was no thought process behind this before. <laughs> now now you reveal her true name, Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so, I'm happy you read the story, my Insta stories. Yeah, man. I've learned some weird stuff. One of the like weirder... I mean, you can maybe pull out or you can like cite one of things that you most surprised you, you found most interesting. Or what are common... Uh, misconceptions that you have like you know uncovered or whatever but the one that really surprised me because it was so obvious but I didn't realize it do you know like breastfeeding the nipples are more like a sprinkler <laughs> than uh, oh my god Jeremy says <laughs> if you guys okay. can see Jeremy's it's more like a right sprinkler now. than okay. uh I don't know what the other holes. It's not a straw. It's not a straw. It's not a straw. No, it's not always a sprinkler. It can be yeah. a sprinkler. You can, can like shoot out like a sprinkler. The, right. the milk can come out like a sprinkler. But, but the imagery is just far too vivid. <laughs> you guys should really see Jeremy's face. Like, really trying to there imagine it. For it. Jeremy is so uncomfortable. Right Jeremy is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, uh, out of all the things that I thought in that Insta story, no, that was the there are so many found. that stood out. But that for some reason, because that's the most like I never. It's so simple, yet I've never thought about <laughs> it. You just assume, you know. So I thought it was funny. No, but that. But do you know those things can happen like while you're in a meeting? Yeah, they just suddenly. leak. Yeah, they just yeah, suddenly yeah, leak, yeah. and that's why now you need breast pads. Mm. Oh, so yeah, but, the amount of products that you have. Oh, so back oh, before that was invented, God. that'd be pretty weird. That's yeah, I don't know. That's why I don't know how people go to work back then. Or they don't for years. No, so like, or they put a cloth and then they wash it every day, lah. Yeah, and no, but that's also the reason why sometimes I think the way we f- frame questions on like patriarchy, for example, can be a bit unfair because the the technology that we had for for girls now and then was so different. So so different. Yeah, so. It's not so much... There's also a part of it, part of the discussion where girls couldn't go out and work. So yeah. the system was built on that yeah. that mm-hmm. framework. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So what are the things that you have like like learned or something that, you know, you really... It blew your mind or... Breastfeeding is not necessarily a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can tell you that like, my gosh, the movies make it seem like as if it's so simple, as if it's like a beautiful moment that you have your kid. Mm. But... I mean, it is, yes, but it's on top of all other negative events and negative experiences you have. Breastfeeding has a lot of negative experiences. For example... The kid won't um, latch. The kid won't latch. That's one. You make right? it sound like the, a mechanical process. Yeah, no, but, but that's the, the kid won't. That's, yeah. that's the word they use. I actually okay. know... I have friends whose kids prefer bottle over their own breast milk. And it's not even just like a, like a warm that bottle. It's like a chilled bottle. Like, yeah, it's like, it, it really depends on the kid. It's so, so weird. Atas, right, these kids. Yeah, so atas, man. <laughs> what the Lived in air conditioning. I don't drink chill. warm water. I only drink chill water. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I know, and okay, so there's one issue. I know, I have friends who don't have enough milk supply. I, can you imagine the stress? And you, you know, as moms, you just have to talk to them, talk, 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 talk to them and talk through it and go like, you know, it's not your fault. It doesn't make you a bad mother. Because it, it does, it goes to people's, to, to their minds to say, you know, I'm a bad mother. I can't even produce milk. And that's so un- and that's such an unfair like 
thought to have, especially because you know when you look at movies and all, that's what you do, right? You mm. breastfeed. It's supposed to be like a natural thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is a pair bonding experience. Yeah, and when you can't do that because you don't have, yeah, it's so frustrating. But I didn't have that problem. I had too much milk supply, <laughs> which is also another problem. So when you have too much milk supply, you have clogged up. Um. Uh. Your 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 the the milk ducts get clogged. Yeah, up. this is another thing that you you did. You My said that goodness. I was surprised by the, the milk ducts get clogged up and then they get infected and yeah. they harden. They yeah. harden like a rock. So when you feel your breast, it feels like a rock. And then that's when you go, oh my god, the pain was so bad. And I've had this six times. How is okay? that treated? Poetry story, pregnancy story, kind of it's like violent. revolves around pain. Yeah, it revolves around. <laughs> I don't know why God's putting me through this. God doesn't want me to get more kids. Well, he bl- luckily, he just blessed you with a good husband. Yeah, that's somehow true. Somehow it's fair in a way. How do you treat the the pain? Um, a lot of people there there are, there are a lot of home remedies for it. So you put like warm compress on it, and a lot of times that works. But for the six times that I had to go through, it didn't work. Oof. So I had to call a confinement lady who to they are like experts in this. Okay, they like they know the breast like inside out. I don't know how they do it. They know where the pain is. They know where the clog is. So they 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 massage it out. So they have to press the clogged area and like squeeze it out. And until the clock is out. And after that, you pump. It sounds like it hurts. It hurts so much, Jam. It hurts so much. I cannot explain to you the pain. What's, what, where do you stand on the um, breastfeeding versus a formula uh, I don't see any wrong if you want to feed the kid formula. I don't see any wrong. So a lot of people and a lot of doctors are, uh, are pro-breastfeeding. Mm. But... Which is fine, which is uh, which is good. I I know there are journals and a lot of articles that back up that back this statement up to say that breastfeeding is much more better because apparently our breast contains more nutrients and they contain more vitamins and a lot of other materials that scientists don't even know lah. Mm. Why about and and formula is supposed to be not to, it's not supposed to be as good because it while it has certain nutrients it cannot like fully emulate what is in our our actual breast milk. Just a bit of a segue, like, if Putri was telling me, like, you're using milk to treat the wounds. Yes, the breast milk. (laughs) So whenever Ezra falls and he has, like, a as a cut or whatever, I just use it to... So I I didn't know it was true. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't even know it was true. I read it online and and it works. I don't even know the science of it. Yeah, it's like some healing serum thing. So whenever I'm not using this for the military. (laughs) <laughs> it's not proven. It's not proven. It's Russian. not proven. And, and apparently, just trying it out. yeah. And apparently, in, in the articles, they only say it works for babies. Oh, hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, just, no, no I, just find, I find the image of like these soldiers getting injured and slatting themselves with breast milk. They take out a bottle. I, I, yeah, yeah. But it's true. Whenever Ezra gets a rash or whatever, I put mm. breast milk on it, and it's like it, it heals within a day. Mm. It's really crazy. Yeah. It's like that uh, people say placenta. <laughs> I think really good. <laughs> you know some people eat it? Yes, that's what I was talking yeah. about. It's gross. <laughs> I, I saw my placenta and I was like, ew, how can somebody... <laughs> it was so blah. I was like... Ew. What does it look like? Jelly? I have a picture. Do you want... Not I don't think you want to see it. Did you it's touch really it? Bad. No, we had to bury it. Okay. Bury? Yeah. So in, 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 in Islam, we bury it. Really? Yeah. Why? What do you guys do with it? I don't know. <laughs> the doctors take it and go home. I think so. I think so. Ask your mama. Mom. <laughs> oh, why do you why 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 is it in Islam? You I, I actually don't know. I should have okay. read about the I don't know, but like, yeah, it's a Muslim thing to like bury. I must say, Putri. I, guess it's Putri like a- I really do look up to Putri just because, and I look up to a lot of my friends 
And the reason why I don't have, I would say, a very negative perception of Islam, because I think I've seen Islam practice right among my friends. Yeah. Because I, I, I know a lot of people who are, are Malays who denounce, not denounce, they use Islam as a means to kind of aid their politics. Uh-huh. So, you know, you can either liberal or right or whatever. But then I am, I guess, blessed to know my Muslim friends who believe in Islam, have a personal relationship with their God, our God, mm. they want to be, you know. And they um, politically might be mo- still uh, more liberal, you could say. You know, and and I, I think Putri, you're kind of one of that. You, you're someone who like, you really believe in God. You believe in being a good Muslim, but you're not afraid to speak out uh, speak up for minorities, for example. I mean, you've been always very vocal about that. Uh, and you don't have to be, you know. Oh, the race thing. We're going there now? Not going to a race <laughs> thing. <laughs> Not going to a race thing, but uh, I guess, how did you come to that point? where? No, I think you, I think like I, I got to that point because like, I, cause you were mentioning about men and minorities. Mm. And yeah, I get that. I get that a lot of people try to justify... Um, exclusion agenda yeah exclusions and discrimin- I, I have to use it like discriminating policies mm. in the name of God mm. which I don't get I don't I, I don't see anything in the Quran that says you have to do that I don't see anything in the Quran or any hadith where God or Muhammad tells you to like to 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 value a certain race mm. over another I never see that in fact it's the complete opposite Mm-hmm. It's it's God keeps telling you and it's like throughout throughout the Quran, God keeps telling you that just because you're a certain race doesn't mean you're that good. Do you ever get any blowback? Yeah, of course. I can remember like when I was a so I was pretty aware of how skewed our Pernitican Islam system was. And I'm pretty sure it's not in, in all schools. I'm pretty sure it's not. I am pretty sure there are schools in Malaysia that, that had pretty good Islamic teachers, but I, sure. it's not it's not my one of my But isn't the curriculum standardized? I'm yes, but like I think it was also a point of how the ustazas and ustads approach it, and oh, okay. I personally never had a good experience with it. So like when I was in primary school, I kind of realized like I had really skewed up. I mean, I screwed up teachers lah. So I there was an exam that I had, and the exam question was like a fill in the blank thing. So the sentence was, "I pray to blank." So I so it was in Malay, right? So I saya semayang kepada blank. So I answered to Han. And then um, I got it wrong, right? And the teacher said, and I, and I, I went to the teacher and I asked, why was I wrong? Don't we pray to God? Don't we pray to Tuhan? Mm. No, you say Allah. Okay, Tuhan is only for Christians and, non, and other non-Muslims. And I'm like, that's so not true. That's so weird. Mm. And, and, and that's, the kind of, that's the kind of propaganda that I felt that I was so disgusted with when I grew up in, and, and when, I, when I went to Pernikah Islam in schools is that they think that just because you're Muslim, you, that this word Allah belongs to them oh. uh, and that, uh, you know, because of this, uh, we are entitled to certain things. Mm. It's, it's so wrong and it's so messed up. And, and I realized that as a kid and I really got punished for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and the interesting thing is because you have the other spectrum where Malays talk about all these values, for example, like uh, being inclusive or whatever, but then they don't re- accept the Islam part and they use it more as like a, a, a front or a shelter. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I you don't. You have a lot of liberal Muslims, for example, or liberal Malays mm. who says, oh, Islam doesn't teach this, Islam doesn't teach that. Mm. But it's actually disgenuine because they're just saying that, but they don't even practice their faith. Do you get what I'm saying? Can you uh, give an example? Mm, like for example, you have a lot of liberals, uh, uh, liberal Malays, for example, 
all this like pro feminine yeah uh, pro this one pro this one pro this one yeah but then sexual assault allegations come out about uh, yeah yeah okay, like they they are hypocrites huh, basically that's what you're saying yeah but I I think it's not just that hypocrites I think generally they never really practice their faith yeah they were just saying woke stuff and ah, there's a difference okay and there's a difference between a, a person saying woke things but actually believing. Yeah. in God and practicing their faith yeah. and then there's someone who like just says woke things for the sake of saying woke things yeah. you know I mean, there's a bit of that but I guess there are just people who have different interpretations of how like they are I've seen like Muslims in the West who practice Islam as a very pantheistic thing they don't pray every day but they can talk to you about the philosophy of God like would you say those people aren't practicing their faith it's a bit hard to tell unless you know them personally right no but I think Roshan's like referring to people who go clubbing who, and <laughs> I wouldn't. Let's not specifically. <laughs> no, because they, yeah, group. I mean there are some. I think hypocrites. Are, I'm, I think Russians just basically talking okay. hypocrites. For example, there, um, there's Muslim. Again, I'm not a Muslim, so I'm not an expert in this area. But this is just all anecdotal. This yeah. is my own experience. Yeah. I've met Muslims, for example, who drink alcohol but don't eat pork. Yeah, I know people who are like that as well, and I question. If they truly believe in it, and they have, and they analyze the Quran, and they think it's. That's their way of like. I mean, that's the correct, correct way. Yeah. Fine, you know, you do you. Yeah. You do you. But they, but having said that, I do know people who, yeah, like like Roshan said, they like they like to appear like they're liberal. They like to appear uh, that they believe in a certain faith. But but you know, behind closed doors, they don't. There's actually a specific verse in the Quran that address people like that. Yeah. It's in Al Baqarah. What does it say? Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but I've, it I've does mention about hypocrites who there are these type of people where God and God acknowledges that these people exist. There are people who put up a friend to say, I believe in God, but behind closed doors they they they, they laugh about it, they mock, they mock the religion. And yeah, it's expressly mentioned in the Quran. And you of course you can have the opposite. I've gone clubbing with like my Malay friends, for example, mm. who just go out to club, right? But they don't drink. Mm. You know, uh they they and they're just having fun, but mm. they know they're still... Mm. They're, there's a boundary there. There's a boundary. They still yeah. respect, you know, and keep hold to yeah. their faith. Yeah. But like, how did... For you, since you said like from a young age, you kind of had this awareness. Yeah. Right? Is it what... Did your family kind of encourage it in you? Or is it just biological? Is it, is it your personality? You know, what is it? I don't know. Let me think about that. Um. Did you... I mean, did your parents take part in your religious education? I would say... I would yes. I mean, like it, yes, in the sense that they they we had like agama classes that they sent us to lah. That's, okay, that's as that's far as it goes. But I I never really had like religious. My dad always taught me to think. My dad always told me don't believe what everybody says. That's one thing that helped. Really good thing. Um, yeah, and I also had really good friends. Yeah, I grew up with friends who who always questioned everything. Like I live, for example. <laughs> yeah, I had. I have I have good friends. I had I had a good group of friends who were like who were really academic, who were who were all, and they were and they were not Muslims. They were all, all from different backgrounds and different races, which made me really think about the reasons behind certain policies and behind certain statements that were being told by my Ustad Ustaza in the name of religion. Yeah, so those things help because yeah, especially when you're practically being friends with people who are affected by propagandas like that, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah, a lot of our friends have. You know, like even Raihan also is fantastic. He's also another person who really, really practices her faith. Yeah, really, really good. concerned about um, uh, her faith life. But at the same time, she's someone who's open to dialogue. Yeah, open to talking, opening to open to opening, open to understanding a different perspective. And I see the same thing in Christianity because that's where I feel like I position myself. Like I, I, I want to be 
the best person that I can be. Yeah. I want to do right by my faith because I think it's important. But at the same time, I have to be open to listening to other people, dialogue yeah. with people. And especially understanding uh, a position that's not mine. Yeah. Know? And I think that was also one thing that made me realize that something was wrong. Because mm. whenever I was in Islamic classes, a lot of Ustazah and Ustaz didn't promote that. Mm. They kept telling, they kept ask, they kept like telling me to like, no, you just don't ask that question. So I, when as, as a kid, I, I swear to God, like one of the common questions I always had was, if God created us, who created God? And I'm pretty sure like that question arose in like every kid's mind, right? Yeah. I was a kid. Every religion. Every religion, yeah. It's a, and, and, and it's, looking back, it's a legit question to yeah, have. It's completely legit. But as a, as a Ustad and Ustazah who taught me, like, I, I, I don't know, did they see it as a threat? Whenever I ask them that, they always go like, don't ask that. You just don't answer. Because like, they don't have the answer. They don't have the answer. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and because of that, like, they didn't promote like all these discussions and stuff. I was even, like, I, there were even like, when I was a kid, there were kids who said that I shouldn't touch my... So I had a friend who wore a cross to school every day. And I thought it was really pretty, so I touched it. And then one of the kids even told me, you know, oh my god, Putri, you eh? oh, you're going to hell. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, Putri, you're going to hell. You touched the cross, you're going to hell already. <laughs> Say goodbye <laughs> to your parents. I <laughs> went... I'm, I'm serious. Was this friend went, trolling you? Or not? No, no, no. No, he was... No, he was but I can he tell said you he this. was taught that. I can tell you this, like, Malay Muslims in Malaysia have real, really weird uh, opinions or on Christianity. And like, some are messed them. up. Yeah. Like they're really afraid of holy water, for example. Yeah, yeah. They think that if you touch holy water, you'll be, you will suddenly, your mind will be, be blurred and you will suddenly change faith and you know, all these kind of things. And like, even in the Catholic uh, understanding of holy water, that really doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the evangelicals are at this level also. Like, you know, for you to be baptized, you need to consent. <laughs> you know, you, you, I can't just like, Oh, I secretly poured holy water into Putri's glass. <laughs> she's drinking it now. Oh, she's Christian. No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and not just that. Like I have friends who 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 say. I, I actually I even remember some Usaza and Usaza telling me that I shouldn't call our prophet Nabi Isa Jesus. And I'm like, why? Because that's what the Christians call them. If you if you call them Jesus, you're you're a Christian. I'm like, no, that's not true. That Jesus is actually his name <laughs> in a certain language. And I think you need to differentiate that. Yeah. Yes, he's Nabi Isa. Yes, correct. He's also Jesus. There are two versions of the name. It doesn't make me Christian. Yeah. And it's interesting because you can read, like for example, as a Christian, you can read the Quran and sort of get extra things about Jesus and Amiri, for example, that you know can add to your understanding mm. of uh, Jesus. Yeah. There's a lot you can learn. There's a lot you can learn. That's true. Hmm. Even, yeah. even there was, uh, even, and because we are so afraid to have this communication because we are so afraid of confrontation. Yeah. We stay in our silos and that creates more miscommunication. Yeah. And so you have, for example, in the church uh, in Malaysia, there was a big issue with uh, Malay people coming, for example, uh, oh, Muslim on, people coming. to the church grounds, like, is it? Church grounds and then receiving communion and then spitting it out. Oh. Sorry, did it what? Spit it out. They receive the bread, right? Why for, did they do that? They want to see if God, it really got like power. Like it can jumpy them or not. Wow. And it was like, for us, that's a bad big no, no. There's a desecration. It's really disrespectful. Are you aware of what the communion is? No, what's that? So you Please have to explain, explain. Why is it such a sacred what act? What is that? But, like, it, but it sounds disrespectful already. But like, yeah. So like me. for Christians, yeah. we believe like, okay, Adam and Eve, mm. they, 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 they sinned. And yeah. then there's original sin, right? Yeah. So for Catholics, we believe like Jesus came. Yeah. And then through like, he sin came through food. Yeah. And salvation came through food as well. So okay. Jesus broke bread yep. and he told everyone, eat this and yep. drink this as a remembrance of yep. me. Yep. For Catholics, every time we eat bread and drink wine, we mm. are sharing in Jesus that which is our kind mm. of salvation. Mm. Mm. 
And so, for Catholics, we believe that bread is Jesus. Okay. Jesus is in that bread. Okay. Jesus symbolically. is the bread. Okay, yeah. symbolically. Right? I get it. I get it. Not, yeah. no, okay. not only <laughs> symbolically, not as a reminder, but we are sharing in uh, that crucifixion that happened. Not that, the event. La. You're, uh, like, not, you're like respecting the event, la, basically. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not, beyond not, that. Are, see, it's not like we are re- remembering the event and no. respecting it. Okay. We are participating. You know, time doesn't exist when you talk about God, right? Yeah. So, we are literally at that, I see. that okay. moment... Oh, we, are, nice. we see Jesus and, and, and our sins. That's why every week when we do communion, our sins are, are removed. That's a nice concept. Th- that's our salvation. Yeah. Right? But so, you see how disrespectful it is? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. taking Jesus and, and you it's, like it's a religious event for you. And then you spit it out. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. But the reason why is, I think, you don't, see like Putri, for example, doesn't know what we believe. And so, you don't understand the importance. And yeah. then you do something without thinking and it can be really yeah, it's, can be yeah, really it's, bad. yeah, it's really bad. It's really disrespectful. Yeah, but I, yeah. What was their, what's their point of even trying doing that? Because there's a lot. I, they just want to prove you guys wrong. Like I that. think Malay Muslims have a bit of like fascination with the supernatural occult. Uh, you know, with a lot of like this Pusaka and Bomos and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And they tie it a lot with Christianity. They feel like Christianity has a lot of this occult kind of symbolism. So they feel like things like holy water, communion, they feel all these things have some kind of like magic. You know, and they want to challenge it. or they, you Interesting. Know? Yeah, so... Interesting. I, I, that's my experience. So my point is like, we should just learn how to have uncomfortable conversations in a yeah, healthy way. Yeah, should. Yeah. I, I have a girls group now. Okay. For like, we do it every Sunday as well. To, for like, uh, we, we analyze the Quran from a female perspective. Oh. Because yeah, I was so tired of that as well. I was so tired of two things. I was so tired of being always being told that I shouldn't question everything. And I've mm. always wanted to delve deeper into the, into the Quran, right? Mm. But I was never allowed to. Mm. So now that I'm an my own individual. I can. Wow. And, I like, and outside the school. And it's outside school. Take that with that. So now I can. And I'm so tired of the male perspective. I'm mm. so, so, so tired of the male perspective of Islam. So mm. like, I gathered like a few girls. So mm. we have it every Sunday. It's a cute group. It's called Quran Cuties. Oh dear. <laughs> oh she ask you to follow your Instagram. You should follow oh us on Instagram. My. Are you on Instagram? Yes, we are. And it's really good. Oh, this is like the booties all over again. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Quran it's, Cuties. Quran Cuties. Oh, it's, it's you a, can shout it's it out a, at the end. <laughs> Quran Cuties. That it presents analysis of the Quran in each surah and from a girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you think is the biggest misconception maybe non-Muslims have about Islam? That... Uh, and I get this a lot mm. that we are told in the Quran to kill you guys. So I am not joking. I okay, have, I think that's I, the jihad. The jihad. The jihad thing. Yeah. I have lecturers yeah. from from my from my previous university who come up to me and say, "Is it true that the Quran asks you to kill us?" And I'm like, "No." Wait, which which college? UM, UM, University Malaya. Guys. Your lectures in UM ask you that. Yeah. Oh wow. And these are like academicians, right? And they and I felt disappointed because mm. like you're you're an academician you're supposed to read something first before so is jihad like, a call to to kill non-muslims no it's not i mean okay, just so for like, the benefit of everyone maybe no okay, so i i really think like a lot of people um uh think that this quran is just like a, a literal guidebook it's not it, it it it's filled with stories yeah it's filled with messages that God told through, God told Muhammad through Gabriel, yeah. and um, and it has to be taken into context. These messages were were given to Muhammad um, pursuant to certain events. Pursuant, yeah. I to remember certain, Gua, Gua Hirak, is it? Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> one of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's first, one of first it. First one is the 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 first message is the call to read, right, to study. Yeah, so al al al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what what you say? Ikra lah. As far as I can go. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, I don't so even like, remember. Yeah, so these things have to be taken into context. So of course, of course, there are verses mm. that 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 say that, oh, kill the non-Muslims. Sure. Yeah, but you're not supposed to take them literally, guys. You have to look at it in context. Sometimes it's it's told to Muhammad in the context of war mm. when the Muslims were against the non-Muslims. So yes, of course, in that context, you are to read it in, in that way. Mm. But it's not supposed to be like taken literally and be applied in real life. So I can't use that as a way to come to your house and kill everybody because you guys are non-Muslims. And and I feel like a lot of people believe that. So, I mean, this, this, like, this is an interesting conversation because the, I mean, there has been uh, documented sort of like a history of Christians reading the Bible more and more literally as the centuries mm. have progressed. Mm. So, do you know the history of this kind of like literal interpretation? Like, is this a new phenomenon? Because for Christianity, no, it's not. It's it not, is a not. bit more of a new phenomenon. It is. Yeah, because with Christianity for like easily thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, Christianity technically has been around for 2,000 years. Mm. But I can say for at least thousand years, mm. um, there it was known in the church that you read the Bible like a mini library. You know, every book, uh, one book could be a story, like mm, you said. Yeah. One book could be like just songs, like yeah. Psalms. Yeah. One book could be like historical. Mm. So to read it from beginning to end is a really wrong interpretation. I, 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 can, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. And this has been known for a long time. Yeah. But then recently, for some reason, people mm. say, oh, we not, these are like, you know, these flat earthers or, uh, you know, creationists, for example, mm. who say, oh, Bible says seven days, that mm. means it's seven days. No. That is not Jewish understanding of yeah. how things were written. This is not early Christian Christianity mm. uh, teachings. Like for example, in Jewish tradition, mm. seven symbolically means uh, complete, mm, perfect. Okay. All right. So when you say the world was created in seven days, mm. what you mean is because they don't know how many days, right? Yeah. They just put an arbitrary number to symbolize yeah. the world was created in completeness. I see. But then they take it literally. And this I is see. such a, a dumb... Uh, <laughs> Because it's not something new. Yeah, for thousand years, two thousand, even old, two thousand years in the past, people have known how to read it purposefully. Mm. Yeah. In the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, here. like there are interesting attempts to explain how dinosaurs fit in Noah's Ark because yeah. they really have to do the timeline and figure out like, hey, this doesn't make sense. We have to figure out how it makes sense. Yeah. And so the explanation was baby dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> Legit. Yes, there's a Kentucky, there's a there's a museum in Kentucky that has that explanation somewhere in the museum. Are you serious? Yes, I am. No, but yeah. So I guess this is why arts play a role as well, right? The I'm pretty sure the Bible as well. It's 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 po- it's in poetic language. Right? It's, yeah. it's not it's not in like a. Yeah, so this is what happens when people don't take arts in school, okay? <laughs> like, this is why it happens. No, art, arts, poetry, right? Yeah, poetry, that. literature. It's, that, it, it come, it's a beautiful thing. It comes in the language. Yeah. And when you don't learn that, there's some, that part of your brain becomes a bit whacked. <laughs> and you try to take things, you try to take everything literally, which, which shouldn't be. Like, it shouldn't Again, be. when you look at the times that these things were written, they had yeah. no conception of science. Yeah. So they wrote like truths. In mm. the way they could most understand yeah, it. Yeah, which is to like art, songs, poetry, yeah. stories, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so you see also a problem of. Uh, um, is, but like Jeremy said, is this literal reading of Islam, is it a new phenomenon or is it something that's been a big problem for a long time? Do you know? I don't know if it's been a long, it's a, it's been a long problem, mm. but I do know it's prevalent for people who. They use it as an excuse to not, to try not to like read up 
more about it. It and I admit it's really heavy. Like yeah. like it's not easy. Like I I'm a 28 year old person who has a master's and I still find it very difficult to like interpret and try to understand the Quran. Right. Um. What more a kid? Mm. Right. What more a person who isn't as educated? I can understand how difficult it is, but 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 that doesn't mean you should stop. Right. It doesn't mm. mean you should stop trying to read up about it and trying to learn more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, did people have positive experiences of pendidikan Islam? Positive experiences. Yeah. I can I can tell you one anecdote. I think mm. your friend, I think it was Adila, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. And uh, mm. we were having a talk. I mean, mm. we were talking at someone's house. Mm. Could have been... A, no, I don't think it's Adila's house. <laughs> uh, he was somebody's house. And uh, she was telling me that she didn't... Okay, I might... It might not be her. Yeah. La, okay? yeah. It might have been somebody else. But I think it's one of your friends. Yeah. She told me that she didn't... She never wore tudung. But mm. then when she went to whichever local you it is, UITM, uh, uh, sounds like UITM. <laughs> you have to. It's mandated that you wear to dong. Oh no, that's not UITM. Okay, oh, it's UIA. That's UIA. Okay, then it's somebody yeah. in UIA. Yeah. It can't be Raihan because Raihan always wore to dong. But anyway, so then um, but in the because it was made mandatory, she mm. kind of like learned to appreciate the to dong through that that rule. So that was something that I found. Oh, okay. I I that's interesting. I I never thought about it that way. You know, it's so like for us, I think non-Malays, we would be like really quick to judge and say like, oh, that's really like, you know, um, tyrannical or whatever. Mm. But I, I... That's a nice, yeah, that's a nice... Well, I, my personal nice story would be now that I'm trying to dive deeper into the Quran and trying to understand it, I realize how useful it is to have someone to have already compiled. Like, basically, these are the five principles. Because it's not... The Quran doesn't say these are the five principles of, or these are the six principles. It doesn't. Okay? It, it, it's, it's really like, uh, it's really messy. I, I have mm. to admit, it's really messy and you have to like interpret it in so many ways. And I'm really glad that I had like, all, I had background knowledge. I had like a basic knowledge when I, and I learned it in school where, where the Ustazah said these are the, these are the uh, five tenants. Five tenants. Mm. Yeah. And then, um, these are, uh, so this is what, this is the verse that's regarding taqwa or, or your faith. This is the verse that's regarding well, respecting your parents and their, and Islam is about. So, you know, you're all these basic knowledge things. I'm glad, I'm really glad I learned it in school because if I had to relearn it from scratch, it would be really, really hard. And yeah. I think I have a better way to describe Putri from our previous, like what we were talking about just now. I think some people put the woke stuff first, then God comes second. So they use God to fill up their, or support their wokeness. La. But then there are some people, I think, and like Putri Rahan, God is first. Yeah. The wokeness comes second. Yeah. You know, this the wokeness is, is a byproduct of God, not God is a byproduct of the wokeness. Is you, that shouldn't, you shouldn't even use God as a as a means to support your wokeness. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. God already woke. <laughs> God is woke. Does that even make sense? God is woke. Yeah, God is God woke. God is the ultimate woke. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is an interesting lens because I think like you're filtering it through like the people who just post stuff. Of course. I mean, right? yeah, yeah. Because, no, because like, Roshan knows what they actually do. You see? No, but yeah, I can, but I imagine the filter through it is that people who like post, like because there's an interesting, like very annoying person that would just post. Like, I think this happened in the past where people just post like, inspirational stuff. So, it's a, is it a bit of that? No, not only like, I mean, you can be like spiritual and hippie a little bit. That's fine. But I think, I'm just talking about these people. I know there's a group of people who are disgenuine in what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, they're, they're okay. disgenuine. That's, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. comes off very quickly, you know. Like, we only before. know you're using that to support your statement. We know yeah. you don't actually really believe in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that. I, I get that. I get that. I, yeah. I know people who are like that. I do. So, you did mention that, you know, you're educated. Uh, 
I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> try you 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 studied in uh, our high school, a random <laughs> we call it a <laughs> random school. You were not. No one's ever heard of it. You were not <laughs> privileged enough to be in one C. <laughs> you were, I'm in you 1A, were in the, okay. You were in the elite 1A. <laughs> the go-to. Uh, the for context, key. for context, Jeremy and Roshan were in 1C. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then I, I was a separate class from you guys. I moved to 1B. Then Jeremy joined you in 1A. And Two, I fell down yeah. to 1B. Did you? I did. Because... <laughs> I like when I hit two A, I was like, I'm there already. I'll just screw around. Were you? I don't remember. I did. Are you yes, sure? Huh? So it was. I don't remember. I was in the third class. I moved out to first, messed around, <laughs> went back to second. And I'm like, okay, la, I need to stay first. Side comment. <laughs> I side comment though. I think that was pretty messed up. Like, I think that's a pretty messed up way to... To, to think of. <laughs> no, to like to arrange kids in school. Yes. All the smart people, first 1A. Like, they're like, number one 1A. I don't want... Yeah. yeah, like, They've all you it. dumb people, 1F. Like, yeah. come on, that's not that's not a really nice way to, to arrange kids. Though. Yeah. I mean, again, that's a byproduct of our Asian mentality. I mean, is, you can... I mean, there's always, you can argue. There are always pros and cons. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty sure it has psychological effects on the kids. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, what happens is um, in terms of you, when you are so, like when you're in 1F, mm. the motivation for you yeah. is basically gone because yeah. you see the hill as being too steep. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um, uh, what did I want to say? And, and I think I was just talking, uh, thinking about Asian uh, mentality. It's only in Asia, for example, we can have anime that glorifies that sort of school structure. Do you realize there's no Western... In, 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 what do you mean? For example, a lot of anime is set in a school setting where they're all just competing with each other to be the best or be the number one. <laughs> Have you all ever realized it? It sounds like Pokemon. Like, yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, to be the best or you have like Naruto who's in a school, like a school ninja oh, and he becomes okay. the top. Right. It's uh, in that setting, My Hero uh, Academia. All these animes. All these school, watch school set, All these yeah. school industrialized mechanism <laughs> system. Oh, these kids will be in school and suddenly they like do better. Institutionalized. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wish you, you did that though. There's Western <laughs> cartoons, there's barely any cartoons of them being in school. Oh. <laughs> Have you noticed that? That's very true. <laughs> Have you noticed that? That's very true. <laughs> or at least them competing in school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the best student. <laughs> and in Asian anime, it's so funny because it's like, the challenges keep on becoming harder and harder, but these, these main, main heroes yeah. keep on persevering, yeah. Yeah, no. becoming better. Just no. as you think they've lost, they unlock a new power. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Oh my god, our Asian I'm culture not, is so I'm not watching up. the same anime you're watching. <laughs> what, you watch Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball also got what? I mean, fan- a lot of like these fantasy stuff are not happening in schools. Lah, so. I mean, even... But okay, even if you take a fantasy setting, you have this that idea of like a battle, a battle, and, and somebody will win. Oh, okay, that's and, so messed up. And you will up. transcend the the challenge, that is and you become so better. messed up. You, somebody has to be number one. Yeah, so <laughs> so messed up. Yeah, is it? I'm mm. so insightful, right? <laughs> you are. Hey, Putri, you give this rating. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, what were we talking about actually before this? <laughs> no, because you you I mean we're talking about school. Yeah, and school, we're, yeah. we're talking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so we're talking about your education. So you got you were in SMG BST two. Yeah. Then from there you went to UITM. Yes, for then foundation. You, foundation. Then and you, then UM. Yeah, then you jumped to jump, LSU. Uh, UM, you did you you, co- you did your LLB. Yes, and then I did my masters in LSE. Yeah. LSE, and then now you're working. You're working. You have a, your kid. Um, do you feel like with all that uh, your level of education and all that you've gone through, your experience going abroad, studying, coming back, you know, you're you're a scholar. Right? Do you feel that you are, you don't get the same appreciation or respect as your male counterparts? 
Oh yeah, of course, definitely. You're Life reduced. Story. You're reduced. I'm reduced. Yes. So I have had personal experiences mm. of um, being paid less than my male counterparts, mm. and 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 I say this with no disrespect to my male counterparts, sure. right? Like my male counterparts are are just as hardworking, just as just as smart. Um, just as qualified, yeah. but yes, I've been told. I've I've not I've been told I've been. They'll, they'll never tell me a friend, but I've seen the disparity. I've seen my salary. Uh, I've seen the difference in salary, and it sucks. Mm. Um, I've also been like, been 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 told that I did not get a higher ranking in the department because I went for maternity leave, mm. and that's not that's not a gender thing. There's really more. I I know. I mean, I was I, I got I, I was ranked lower than my female counterparts who didn't mm. get pregnant, right? So that's not really a gender thing. That's really like a pregnant uh, discrimination yeah. towards pregnancy women kind of thing. So yeah, I've I've had personal experiences. So that sucks. before you came on, me and Putri were having a discussion. Yes, we were. We were having a pretty intense discussion. Again, it, was. it wasn't like uh, we were not fighting. Yeah, we were not fighting. It was just like a usual Russian Putri conversation. Yeah, we were having an intense discussion yeah. on. I mean, Jeremy was the media kind of because <laughs> we Jer- both told Jeremy about it. Jeremy, you know what I was saying? Jeremy, just heads up. We just had this conversation with Putri. <laughs> I'm prepared to defuse the situation. Yeah, already. but, but yes. tell tell them, tell them. I I think okay. We had a first part of discussion, yeah. which I I maybe we'll talk about that later. But the second yeah. part of discussion came to where you said that we were talking about. Okay, how do I say this? In yeah, a so way? I was like, it started with like me telling. No, no, no. I, I let me let me frame this up properly for you. So I think our discussion led us to a point where we were talking about whether um, employers w- whether employers uh, should give equal bonuses mm. to their staff, mm. uh, uh, female employees mm. who uh, took maternity leave. Yes. Right. Yes. And so Putri is like, of course, uh, you should. Uh, I shouldn't be penalized for being pregnant. Yeah. But my point was like, no, when we're talking about bonus, for example, yeah. it's awarded based on your output and performance. Agreed. And it the it it should be made solely on that discretion. Yeah. Because it's your output. I'm saying it'll be different, for example, if your salary was cut, that I would consider going too far. But at the same time, when it comes to bonus, which the basis of the award is um um uh, based on output, that's fair. Unless uh, they hide it from you or they they deceive you uh, in how they award the bonus, the factors in their mm. in their bonus. Then they'll be different, lah, right? Do you so So like my personal so then my answer to that was just that um well one okay so let's talk about my personal experience, right? Mm. My personal experience is that uh, maternity leave was a legal entitlement in the sense that it was not supposed if you take it, it's not supposed to affect how you are rated at the end of the year, lah, mm. right? And it was said up front also that it would not. And mm. then they just, you know, they went, did that. They, anyway. did, they did that and they went against that. So that was my personal experience. Um, second was that my personal experience also was that when I asked them how did they rank me, they factored that in. Which, yeah, in that sense, I th- and, and, and on that part, I think Roshan and I agree, that part was yeah. unfair. If they told you something else and yeah. then they renegade, that's yeah. definitely wrong, lah. Yeah. And they and then when they expressly tell you that that was actually factored in, right? And that was wrong. Mm. But but I I do agree that um, there are employers out there who expressly say, look, if you take maternity leave, you will be penalized. Mm. And while I don't completely agree with that statement, mm. I can agree that to a certain extent it's fair because at least when a woman goes to work at that 
uh, at a company, they are well informed of that. Mm. Like as opposed to what happened to me, you know, yeah. I just took and then because I then they hit. can take steps to not they get can pregnant. Step, yeah, they can take steps to not get pregnant, or they can take steps to mitigate like yeah. the expenses sure. in knowing that that's what's happening to come to that what that that's what the company is doing to them, right? So yeah, mm, yes. But Were you at all working during your maternity leave? No, no, okay. no, yeah. Mm-mm. But yeah, I mean it was a tough discussion, and then it was I a tough discussion. and then I was talking to Jeremy after that, and Jeremy also of course had a good point. His point was like, so my biggest thing is like we used to say girls and guys have to be treated equally, but like where we come to a point now is no, we're not saying girls and guys should be treated equally. No, we're not. We're yeah. saying it should be they should be treated fairly. Fairly. So like Jeremy had one point, but like my point was that even in Jer- even in the Rosh- in Roshan's example where a company outright says that you know you shouldn't. Uh, that that you will be penalized if you were to take pregnancy leave. I disagree with that because I feel like then what's the point of hiring women? You hire women knowing that they might get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You hire and and that's a biological thing that only women can do. And you as an employer in hiring women should be able to fairly cater to that position without penalizing them for being for for having a role that only a woman can do. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's point was societally, yeah. pregnancy is good. Yeah. And we should encourage uh, uh, females uh, to to. I we don't, add to the workforce, guys. Yeah. I, I didn't. We made, I didn't say good. <laughs> we made the work. Didn't no, I think Jeremy's argument is that we make. I mean, it is a societal contribution in yeah. in the reproduction of labor within yeah. the capitalist system. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that um, the firm has the firm has no incentive. To pay for this cost, yeah. right? It is either it is either negotiated through the government, mm. or on a societal level, we'll have to negotiate it because this is, I mean, bearing a child mm. is technically in in societal terms is yeah. uh, unpaid labor. Mm. You're mm. not paid for bearing the child and mm. reproducing the next generation, mm. and so the company the company is well within its rights in the capitalist frame of logic, yeah. but societally it doesn't make sense because who else is going to pay for this? The, the cost of reproducing labor, yeah. right? Yeah, but again, like that, and that I would take that as a justification for why, uh, for example, salary shouldn't be cut. Yeah, uh, we should have certain barriers ensure that certain unfair barriers don't block uh, women from the the workforce. Yeah, but again, there is I feel uh, limits to that as well, and like you said, it's a societal contribution, but the company has no business in that. To a certain extent, depends what you think. How you think about the company? Yes. If, if yeah. you hold that kind of logic that the company is fully private, mm. it is fully well within its rights to do anything it wants, mm. um, then it's true. But if you think about the company as part of the community, sure. then the logic of that changes a little bit. Yeah. No, I I do accept that companies are part of the uh, landscape. Uh, yeah. You know, they contribute. They live. They consume. You know, they they they. Just that's the reason why they pay tax, right? They are also here. They are also using the country's resources, right? But I think we need to be. I just my position always it has to be reasonable, lah. And I feel with bonuses, for example, I think awarding it on a discretionary, like your own, because it bonus by very nature is discretionary, right? And so you having your own parameters of how you award it is your discretion. And I just believe that if the company treats women badly, then this woman will go to another company. You know, that, that's just my thinking. Lah. Um, and that's how I would approach it. In terms of the gender pay gap, that's also another interesting discussion to be had. Because I was watching a documentary on Netflix and 
it was like a real proper documentary. Uh, Hillary Clinton was on, mm. you know, all this, you know. I like how that's a threshold. <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> I'm saying is not a good threshold. No, what 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 I'm saying is like a real feminist kind of. Yeah, you yeah, know, sure. You know, it, if Hillary Clinton there, you know, it's real feminist lah. Huh? Okay. okay. And they made an interesting uh, observation. They said the gender pay gap is not so much um, a, uh, a tax on your gender as much as it is a tax on your pregnancy. And so what they showed was per dollar, mm. um, girls and guys were paid differently mm-hmm. when the girl got pregnant. But girls and guys, when the girl did not get pregnant, per dollar, it would be the same. Okay, I disagree because I have personal experiences and I know people... Mm. Who even when they were not pregnant, they were being paid less than men. Yeah, but interesting enough, that's statistically that's what they they that's found in the documentary. I can send you the documentary. Yeah, but that's interesting. Yeah. I also read an article to say that the reason why there's that pay gap is because women can't negotiate better, and I really mm. feel like killing that 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 author. That's so not true. No, so I I I've heard this argument, and it can be framed in that way if you don't understand properly. What what the argument is is that there are personality traits that are more prevalent in girls and guys. Uh, it's not too controversial to say that the the research supports that, and what happens is girls tend to have a particular uh, personality trait called agreeableness, which I and Jeremy also have. We are agreeable by nature, and when you are agreeable, when you go into negotiations, you think about the other person, and so you try to get the most fairest outcome. When you're on the opposite spectrum, your low on agreeableness, what you do is you go in, you go in there and negotiate amount. That might not even be justified for you, so you will, uh, you'll fight for a higher higher wage. So the justi- so the idea is if girls are not if are high in agreeableness are not asking to be paid higher, then they we need to do like training to teach them how to be assertive, you know. But this is not only for girls; it's also for guys who have agreeableness. I agree, mm. and yeah, but like my my fortunately my experience didn't fall under that. Mine was like a fresh grad level. Mm, mm. You couldn't negotiate anything, Mm-mm. so I saw that that salary gap during the fresh grad, which, which had nothing to do with negotiation. Which I, I mean, like, I agree mm. that played a role, but it's not the main reason. Yeah. No, so I, I'm just saying that I think when it comes to the gen- gender pay gap, mm. it's not just like, it's so easy to say, oh, male pa- patriarchal system, guys want to oppress girls so they get everything, so they build this system to reap all the benefits. Mm. No, it's yeah. a lot more complicated. It's, a, it's definitely much more complicated than yeah. that. No, it's like... So, so for example, Oracle. in that documentary, mm. the solution they gave was actually, for example, to give men the same amount of uh, paternity leave as women. And that's the way they they uh, equalize the, the uh, dollar for, I mean, in terms of pay. So mm. again, that's counterintuitive. Mm. You wouldn't think it. If you f- follow that framework of men are oppressive. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. So I find that it would be it hinder more than anything else. If you don't and, have and yeah, and, and, and like, I think to make it clear, it's not that I think these things happen. It's not just because of the men, right? There are women who support the system as well. Yeah. Yeah. So th- because the boss who told me that was a woman, yeah. the boss who justified that system was also a woman. So. Yeah, I think their understanding is like, okay, you get pregnant, you're taking a holiday, so yeah, you know, it doesn't like, make sense for the company to pay and you. And it's built in them. It's yeah. it's it's not a I hate men kind of agenda. No, it's not. It's a really systematic societal thing yeah. where they think it's justified to do that, and it's not. We don't recognize the utility of yeah. women. Having children. Yeah. I mean, because companies probably perpetuate the idea that it's an inconvenience. They also remind their employees that it's an inconvenience because you have to take on their work while they're away. Yeah, yeah. So, but the I think the corporate focus is more, is a bit, is contributes to that problem also. But to be honest, I have had so many friends who, I mean, personally, it is frustrating. Uh, to be completely honest, 
I've had friends who, for example, they, are, they have uh, staff where all the ladies are getting pregnant all the time. And mm. it can, it, it personally, when you're doing work, mm. in a personal setting, it can be frustrating. I, I completely agree. I yeah. completely understand. And I, it's and normal, I, it's human. It's completely human. And I agree that when I went for maternity, my male counterpart had to do so much more. And I acknowledge that. Mm. And I agree. But the effect of that, as in to penalize me for that, that's not my fault. Yeah. That's the employer's fault for not having enough employees. And you shouldn't penalize the the woman who was legally entitled to take the pregnancy leave. Yeah. yeah Sometimes I have personally I get frustrated. For example, when I had clerical staff who would like use breastfeeding as a guise to go sleep. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, so these are the kind of women that are not helping the agenda, guys. Uh, yeah, I, not. I find it frustrating because like every time like this was when back in the day lah. Uh, <laughs> so like they will be like I'll be like um. Kak boleh tolong buat kopi tak sekarang? Yeah. Oh, kena breastfeed lah. Then I'm like, when you okay, wait, did she brought breast... the kid or what? No, palm. You mean palm, palm, palm lah? Oh, okay, palm, okay. Palm. Sorry. Okay. She might have used the word palm, not breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like I'm like, it seemed like almost the whole day she's pumping. Then I'm like, how much of milk can you have like from the whole day? And then the worst thing is, I found out after that from another clerical staff, she went into uh, because they will pump in the surau. She mm. went to Surau. She's sleeping as well. Okay, that's bad. That then you shouldn't. But but I have to correct you on the how much milk can you can actually. I pump four times a day at work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I every pump session was twenty minutes. Oof. <sighs> can you? Yeah. So every pump session was twenty minutes. So that was like eighty minutes. Eighty mm. minutes not doing work of not doing work yeah. at the office. So I'm just saying at the grassroots level, it gets very frustrating. For example, I need something to go out really urgently. Then I go to, for example, the clerk that's been assigned to the file, and she's not there. Because she's pumping. Any reasonable person, it would, I'm not saying that we should penalize the girl, but I'm saying it's a very human reaction to be like frustrated. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's something we should fix by not penalizing the women. Lah. Agree. No, I agree. I mean, corporations can't help but, you know, hire less labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think, do you think that another thing is like when we impose this sort of um, parameters for companies to follow. Um, big companies can take it. What about the smaller companies though? Mm. Do you think that hinders growth? It definitely know? hinders growth. It definitely is a definitely it's definitely a big disadvantage for them. Sometimes I think may maybe there should be a like an implementation in terms of it should differ according to like size. Does that make sense? I don't know. I've, I'm what, do, just, what do you mean? Like if you have an all female cooperative, like I don't know how that's gonna play out. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're a big company like a conglomerate or you're a, a you know, MNC, yeah, MNC, MNC, then like those rules in terms of how we deal with you entitlements, can, you can cater to them more. Right? Should be enshrined more clearly. But whereas for with a small startup, for example, those rules can be more flexible. I don't know whether that makes sense. That'd be interesting to think about, lah. But mm. the the idea is that if your companies, if you think of your companies as part of society, mm. there shouldn't be any exception because otherwise women just work, won't work in startups. Yeah. And if the yeah. entire tech industry are startup based, that means no women are working. Yeah. Tech. So then you definitely have to change your working style because mm. women will always get pregnant. Well, not all. Mm. Let me correct the statement. Most. We most women. No, no, even most. Right. Women also. will always have the ability. Mm. Right to there will always be that possibility that the woman in your workforce will get pregnant. Yeah, sorry, that's the statement, right? And you have to you have to cater to that. You have to change your business. So I know some companies who who have a lot of women in their workforce. They allow work from home. They allow flexible working hours. Mm. Well, yeah. So you, you have to learn how to cater. If not, you'll never you'll never 
um, be able to get the the quality of the, the work that women can give. And including men in these conversations is also very helpful. Yeah. I think the approach now where we make it all women-centered is not helpful. Yeah. We need to have men... We need to look at the way we treat men as well. Yeah. Because they are... What they face in having to cater for women in this sense has to be taken into account as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to wrap up. Uh, we just did one hour, about one hour, 30 minutes live, you minus the intermission. <laughs> that went by fast, right? That's so fast. Yeah, can? Yeah, so fast. And there's still more to talk about if you want to keep Actually, going. there's a lot more to talk about. Maybe another time, we'll call you back again. Can. Um, so we hope you had a good time. Jeremy, anything you want to wrap up with? I'm good. All good? Putri? Girl power. Girl power. Uh, what is it? Quran cuties? Quran cuties. <laughs> you might want to spell that for the audience. So. You can find it. Q-U-R-A-N-Q-U-T-I-E-S. Oh my, you didn't even put a U there. No, it's a Q. Like a Q. It's like a Q. <laughs> right. I hope people get that. Thank you all for listening and we are done. Sensei.